0: From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Jamie, a Navy veteran and a huge Star Wars and gaming nerd who transitioned in the Deep South. Hi, welcome into the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Like I said, we've got some really good news going on out there, so a lot to celebrate right now.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of good news, especially the uh, the repeal of the trans-military ban.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I'm sure is very, very close to your heart. Is that something that's directly impacted some of your friends, people that you still know in the military?
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, most of the people that I knew in the military were able to get you know waivers to stay in. But, you know, the uncertainty of it all was always in the air, whether, you know, the next command they went to, whether it was going to be okay for them to stay in or not. So this is a nice step basically cementing their future in the military.
0: So you, you know some people that are that are active in there, D- do you know if they've had anything, once the ban went in place, you said they were able to get some waivers to stay in, but did that change the mood for them? Did, that, did they f- find any more or greater discrimination or was, any kind of bad treatment?
1: As far as I know, they didn't have any discrimination or bad treatment, but it was just kind of the uncertainty of it all. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that I still know, they're, They're career sailors. I mean, they're wanting to stay in for 20 years, 30 years. And a lot of them are getting close to that mark, and they don't want to basically lose all the time that they'd already put in. Yeah. Which would happen if, you know, you just weren't allowed to reenlist or if you were kicked out for whatever reason.
0: Well, yeah, and I know that the most important thing in the the military is chain of command and the support that you get from them. So having the top of your chain of command basically – you know, trying to eliminate your existence there, and and your right in the military that that's got to be a really tough thing to struggle through.
1: It is. I can imagine. I I got out right before the ban went into place, so I didn't don't really have a whole lot of firsthand experience myself with it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I still know the people, and for the vast majority of them, they were able to serve through the whole ban. But it was really left up to their commands' discretion. So mm-hmm. if they were in a position to where I don't know, the commander decided that their medical needs would be too great for a deployment or or whatnot. Their their future could have been uncertain, but as far as I know, they they were all able to stay in without any real issues.
0: That's great. Being on the outside, we didn't really know. You just hear ban, and it just it seems like, you know, black and white, that's it, you're out, done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice to hear that they at least had that waiver program.
1: I think a lot of it was a little overblown with the ban, but Still, it's, it's that whole uncertainty just it, it kind of it doesn't make you it makes you fear for your future a lot of times, which mm-hmm. I'm glad that's over with.
0: Yeah, I think that is a common theme of the last administration. Just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of strong words that you didn't really know what they meant or how they would really play out. But there was mm-hmm. a lot of fear because of that uncertainty from from that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Julie said that uh, COC's chain of command and <laughs> Logos Taco commented again that Jamie equals nerd. I, I can't wait to get into that portion of the show later on, because...
1: It's my reputation precedes me.
0: Yes. On top of her military experience and, uh, you know, the wonderful things we'll get into her in her story, she's also a big Star Wars and gaming nerd, so there'll be plenty for us to talk about. We'll try not to get too <laughs> too derailed with that. Let's go ahead and get into your story here. I like to start with, with your history and uh, kind of basically with, with your childhood. When you were younger, what were some of the signs for you that either you knew at the time or you're able to trace back that you, um, that you were different from the gender that you were born to?
1: So I don't really know if I remember the exact moment that I realized, but if I'm looking back, I was probably around seven or eight years old is, is what I would imagine. And it probably is a lot, is pretty typical for a lot of trans women that I liked trying on my sister's clothes. I like trying on my mother's clothes, stuff like that. And its it was, I guess I always thought that I was just like, you know, maybe a crossdresser or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nobody ever really explained to me the differences of, of a crossdresser and a trans person because the word trans wasn't even a real, a real term then anyway, or at least not a term that I was privy to. Uh-huh. But I think probably I have kind of realized it around seven or eight years old. Just okay. didn't have the terminology to to know what it was. I just knew I was different.
0: And so how did that develop for you? When did you realize that you were trans? And what was that kind of time like in between there? Were you able to to express that much or was it something you had to hide? It was
1: something I hid very extensively up until I was probably in my mid twenties to late twenties. As we talked about the military, I joined the military kind of to to maybe, you know, stamp out that those feelings. Maybe it would, you know, make a man out of me, et cetera. huh Just, I guess it didn't work, but but no, I mean, I I didn't, I I hit it very, very well. Nobody, nobody ever knew I I was never caught with any clothes or nothing like that. Uh But when I was around 25 or 30 is when it started really rearing its head to where my partners would find out about it and I would tell them and and whatnot.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And what made you decide to come out as trans? What, what, as they say in the community, cracked your egg there?
1: Well, we kind of talked about, or I kind of talked about my relationships. Every relationship that I'd ever had up until I was around 30 years old always seemed to fail for essentially the same reason. I would go through the cycle of everything's really great in the beginning, but then I'd start getting depressed and... The depression would get worse and worse and then the person would you know, it would it would affect the relationship a lot to where that person would want to leave me because I was becoming more of a roommate to them than I would be, you know, a, a partner. Uh-huh. And none of them were ever, you know, really bad breakups, but just I mean they weren't good relationships either. So after the after the not the last relationship, but the relationship before I came out, that's when I finally decided, okay, this this is enough. I've done this. To six or seven women already, I can't keep doing this to them or to me. So I'm, I'm going to have to figure this out and do something about it now. And that's kind of where we're at now.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think that's all very common, you know, having to to hide it and then having it. You don't understand why, but it's affecting your relationships and then causing their demise. It's it's great that you're able to finally come out. Let's see what is uh let me see what Julie says here. Oh, um going back to military just real quick. What um because I I didn't have it. I I was telling Julie before the show or yeah, Jamie before the show that I had conflated. I was just like I thought you were in the special forces somehow and for some reason I thought it was ranger, but I know wow. that's not navy. So um Julie asked what rank you were.
1: What rank I was a a Petty Officer First Class for 6
0: Okay. So did you go, for that, with the officer in the title, did you go through officer training?
1: Nope. So in the Navy and Coast Guard, their ranks are a little different than Mm -hmm. the Marines, Army, and Air Force. A Petty Officer is essentially, you know, as degrading of a term as it is, it's a Petty Officer. So, I mean, you're still an enlisted person. But from E-4 through E-7 is still either a petty officer or a chief petty officer, or senior chief petty officer, master chief petty officer. It's just the Navy terminology, but it's still enlisted.
0: Yeah, I know I know a, a little bit about that. The, the, what I've learned from, uh, from military ranks, I learned from watching Banner Brothers. <laughs> There's the extent so of my knowledge.
1: It's basically the same thing as like a
0: staff sergeant would be in the, in the Army. Okay. So you mentioned that... You know, it was this underlying issue that was affecting your relationships. Did you seek out therapy in at that time, and uh, have you seen ser- therapy since? And how has it helped you?
1: I didn't seek out therapy for that particular uh, thing, not the relationship anyway. I did seek out therapy because I knew I was going to need a therapist later, essentially, to start HRT eventually. Mm-hmm. So I started to go to a couple of therapists local to North Alabama and, and surprised none of them had any idea what to do with a trans person <laughs> that was wanting to start HRT. Most of them were very willing to work with me, but they just, they, they really didn't have an idea where to start. Wow. I eventually head. found, go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> You're a, a trailblazer in your local area. Wow.
1: Apparently. Hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really feel that I needed therapy because for myself, I, I knew what I needed to do. I knew who I was and what I was, but it was just kind of that hurdle that I needed to jump. As far as the camping goes. Okay. I eventually found, you know, a, a provider that would provide me all my prescriptions on the informed consent mm-hmm. model. So after I, you know, got all that, I, I stopped going to therapy. Hmm.
0: So once you was- got once you got out of that, that relationship, the last one, you knew that you knew what you needed to do and, and how you needed to move forward? I did
1: because it it had been building up in me for so many years anyway, and I was always on the internet researching what I needed to do, even mm. you know while I was with this person.
0: did you have any question in starting that, which of the procedures, which of the steps that you would go through, or did you have a plan from the beginning from what you read? I,
1: I had no plan at all at the beginning I just knew I needed to I needed to do something I knew that what I was doing wasn't working obviously, so I needed to find a new path forward. And eventually, that just that turned into HRT being the, the very first step I took. Hmm.
0: So let's get into coming out. Who did you come out to first?
1: I came out to one of my younger sisters first. It was on um, Christmas Eve of 2014 is when I came out to her. And I came out to her because I knew for 100% fact that she was going to be supportive of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had no doubt in my mind that she was going to welcome it and that she would love me no matter what but it's it's still kind of i'm still nervous to do it even Mm -hmm. though i knew what the outcome would be and her outcome was exactly what i expected it would be
0: what was it about her that suggested to you that uh, that gave you that confidence to know that 100 percent she would support you
1: i I know her very well she's she's always been very supportive of of like gay rights trans rights and and whatnot i just i just kind of knew i've known her for 30 years anyway, so I I felt like I knew how she was going to react. And then a couple days later, I told my other sister, and then a week or two after that, my dad was told, and and we moved on from there.
0: Mm -hmm. And how did that all go with the rest of your family?
1: Everybody went, it went really well. Most of my family, like the outlying family, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc., were kind of told without my knowledge, which really upset me at the time, but... okay. But um, they were all supportive. All right. Yeah. Uh, so it, just you no know, mad that they were told without me knowing about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that, and that that's definitely a bummer. But it's it's nice that it worked out.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it, it made it a lot quicker for me. Oh, I was going to say. friend over it.
0: Yeah, it saved you some time.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, everybody knows already. I'm like, oh, great.
0: All right, moving on. <laughs> How was your acceptance? Were you you were in the the military at this time then, right?
1: No, I was I was, uh, I was was in the reserves, but I was in my way out of the reserves at this time. So I did 11 years active duty, and I did four years of the reserves, and this was towards the very end of my reserve time, because I just didn't really enjoy the, the reserves very much, to be honest. Mm. So this was at the end of it. I, I never had to come out to the military.
0: Okay, that's, that makes it easy.
1: Mm, I mean, I was still on HRT while I was in the last couple of months of the military, but I that nobody really knew.
0: Did you have any fear then that something would get bit, get discovered or were you pretty sure that? No, not
1: really. I mean, I knew I was getting out soon anyway, so it wasn't a big deal to me.
0: Okay. And then did you go straight into another job after that?
1: I did since I was in the reserves, the reserves is only really, you know, the one week in the month, two weeks a year. Mm-hmm. I was already working at my current job then. So that was my Monday through Friday job. And then one weekend I would go to a Navy reserve center and, and do all that.
0: And what was their level of acceptance there?
1: At the job I'm at right now? Yeah. Uh, none at all. I I started dressing a little more androgynously at work. Cause when I started there, I, I kind of looked one way and my, I had the, you know, the short military crew cut. I had a full <laughs> beard most of the time. And then when I flipped and started, you know, the hair started getting longer, I, the beard was going away. You know, the ears are pierced. Getting smaller, getting thinner, and and whatnot. They they kind of knew. I Mm wasn't hiding it. I knew people. I knew people were finding out. I knew everything. But eventually, I just went to my HR department and I kind of told them, you know, what I was doing. And the HR manager looked me in the eye and she kind of said, "Yeah, we we know, Jamie. It's not a big secret." (laughs) I said, "I know. I mean, it's. I just still have to tell you to make it official so I can start getting all the paperwork changed and whatnot." So it was kind of a similar situation with the HR department and my sister. I knew everything was going to be cool, but it was still just kind of nerve-wracking actually doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. And did that did that kind of gradual change make it easy for you, or in retrospect, it did. did it make it kind of did it build some of that nervousness a little bit?
1: I think it did. I I, I don't know if I could have flipped the switch and did a one eighty in one day, I don't, I don't know if I would have been able to handle that. So the, the gradualness was, was my way of doing it and it, and it worked out well for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another, another good way of handling it. Like, uh, you said, you know, with, with coming out to somebody, it's really important to find that person that, you know, really well, and you know that that supports you completely, you know, to target the ones that you're really sure of and start there, build up your support network and then go from there and take it at your pace. You know, I, I did sort of the same thing at work. I started wearing some more kind of, mm, I wasn't wearing androgynous clothes. I was wearing women's clothes, but, um, that, that could pass and in sizes that were large enough to, to where they look like guy clothes. But I was like doing a little bit of makeup. Like you said, I added the Mm -hmm. ear piercing and stuff like that. And I had some friends that, that saw and. Called me out on it and supported. And so I'm like, okay, I think this is this is this can work. And then yeah, I mm-hmm. just kind of gradually built from there. And then and then it was kind of a combination. I eventually did just kind of a band-aid 180 thing where it's just like, here you go. Showed up to work in a skirt. But I did I did uh-huh. have that same kind of like slow, subtle build-up to grit to gain that confidence to do it.
1: Yeah, it it, it definitely worked out well for me. And and besides Besides the HR department on that day that I told them those years ago, Mm -hmm. I still haven't, you know, officially came out at work. So I'm I'm not sure if anybody really knows or not. (laughs) That was just my attempt at a bad joke. Okay.
0: (laughs) Good, good, good. Because I'm like. There's
1: never been like a, you know, a a meeting to, you know, basically tell everybody, hey, this is Jamie now. Nothing like that. None of that was ever done at my work. I just kind of went to HR and then Mm. went back to work.
0: Did you have anybody that gave you a second to, a second look at yeah, work?
1: I mean, there's, there's, there's people that, that do, and it's, it's been quite a while, but I mean, you know, I don't let any of that bother me. I didn't mm. really let it bother me then either, because yes. I knew the company had my back. So
0: mm. You must get that from, from your, your Navy toughness. That must be where that comes uh, from. <laughs> I,
1: I like to joke that I have pretty thick skin. I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough to get me worked up
0: did you have that before you joined the military or was that something that you gained there
1: it's probably something that i built built there because mm. i don't i don't think i was like that as a child but it, the military probably helped hmm.
0: interesting interesting uh so it seems like it kind of went well for you everywhere did you have any areas in your life where it, it didn't go so well where you you kind of either felt nervous or or unsupported or or scared
1: uh in, in my life I would say no, there's, there's been, you know, random little situations like at the driver's license office and stuff like that, that, that I've had bad experiences with them, but nothing, you know, super, you know, super bad. Hmm.
0: Has the community, you you mentioned when you went to see a therapist that you were sort of blazing a trail there, they didn't have a lot of experience with that. Has the community kind of evolved around you a little bit? Do you see more trans people? Do you see more trans acceptance and services or is it still kind of hunting and pecking, trying to find that?
1: Oh, there's, there's tons of trans services in, in the North Alabama area now. There's, there's lots of therapists. There's several different choices for somebody who's wanting to find a, you know, a primary care doctor or somebody to just do hormone therapy. There's, there's a lot of it around, and there's plenty of therapists that are specialized in it. Well, not specialized in it, but they, they, that's part of their practice. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's a lot of resources around
0: what is your level of involvement in the trans community in your area?
1: Uh, it's not super. I don't, have a, I don't have a super high level of, you know, commitment with the, with the community. We were, you know, meeting once a week or so. A, a good majority of the group would, you know, meet for dinner once a week. But oh. that's kind of got put on hold since COVID happened. So I haven't seen a lot of them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. What was we your have
1: first a whole other Discord server where where we're all on? So I mean it's it's nice that I get to see some of their their glow up pictures. You know, I haven't seen any of them in person in almost a year now. Mm. But they're you know, all... they're still transitioning, they're still doing their thing. But
0: mm.
1: so it's nice to see that.
0: Yeah, and those are all people that are in your, specifically in your local area? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's that's really cool. There's right. probably
1: about thirty or forty that I know fairly well in my local area.
0: Hmm. What was your first experience with community? When did you first find that in, in your in this whole scheme of your transition?
1: Uh it would be that community that I just talked about. Uh I, I kinda did everything on my own for the first several years just because I I kind of thought, hey, I'm I'm gonna do this, I don't need anybody else. It was kind of one of those stubborn things <laughs> inside of But one one of the fellow trans people in the area, she she kind of Came across me on Facebook one day, and she was like, "Hey, I think I know you, but there's, you know, there's this big group in, in here in town. If you want to, you want to take part in it, you seem like you're already on your way. But if, you know, if you want to take part in this, we're here just to let you know you're not the only one." So that was nice.
0: Yeah, that's great that they actually reached out to you. That's pretty unique. I haven't heard anything like that yet.
1: Did you I have think any my Instagram page and everything else? Kind of, kind of made my presence known possibly if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and they're like oh there's this person's here in Huntsville
0: so when did you when did you develop that presence when did you start posting on about your transition online on Instagram
1: I think I started out with Facebook several years ago I made you know a separate Facebook profile and I explored with that a little bit but I never really I never really um got too serious about the Facebook page Mm -hmm. and then I believe it was Alexi Storm. She's the one that told me, hey, you need to go on Instagram. There's this big community on Instagram, and you should, you should try that. And I did that about three or four years ago, and then kind of blew up since then. But she was the one that basically got me started on Instagram.
0: That's great.
1: I didn't really know it existed for the most part until then, or I thought it was you know, for kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess it's mainly for kids, but we still find a, a way to fit in there too.
1: <laughs> Big kids are still kids too. So,
0: did you have any support from anybody that you weren't expecting? Anything that was a surprise for you?
1: Several of my military friends. I don't think I've lost a single, you know, military friend because of it. Every every person that I was friends with, like good friends with in the military, every single one of them have been supportive. So that was, you know, the biggest shock to me. Mm. I think it goes to speak that. You know it people really only care about the kind of person you are it doesn't really matter what the outside looks like so but every single one of them is are, are still around i don't see them very often obviously because they're from all over the country but it's mm-hmm. still we still you know we're still friends on facebook and i still have to text them from time to time so it's it's nice
0: Did, when you were starting your kind of social end of things did you have a role model or a confidant that that you could reach out to or that you looked up to
1: I didn't to begin with like like I said it was I kind of had this little feeling in my head that I'm just going to do this all on my own I don't really
2: mm-hmm. didn't really need anybody and it mm-hmm.
1: probably would have helped if I would have had somebody but I think my stubbornness and and just me being you know awkward and the, the introvert that I typically typically am okay I just I didn't really find anybody until i was already you know well on my way
0: Hmm. self-made i love it (laughs) how far would you say you are along in your journey uh
1: i mean that's not a tough question because Mm -hmm. nobody ever really knows you know where the beginning or the end is but i would i guess the generic answer would be that i'm probably in the middle of my journey i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know where it's going to end
0: have your goals for your transition shifted as you've gone along? You mentioned when you started, you just knew that that HRT was was probably going to be a thing, and that was kind of the first thing that you set your sights on. Did, did that evolve throughout the whole time, or did at some point, do you develop a plan?
1: Uh, it's it's just slowly evolved throughout the time. I, th- I think if you go into transition saying that you need to do HRT, you need to do breast augmentation, you need to do GCS, you need to do Facial feminization surgery, a lot of it's overwhelming to try to, you know, list all that out saying you got to get it all done. So I just started off with the HRT and then I've gotten other things along the way. I don't really have any plans to do anything else, but I mean, I'm, I'm open to more stuff. If, it, if, if I ever start feeling like I need that.
0: Okay. Um, so these days, how, how confident do you feel as a trans woman or as a woman? out in public and just in your general life?
1: I'm confident. I'm, I have no problem going out and being being myself out, out mm-hmm. in town, out at work, whatever. Um, I mean, I am who I am at this point. There's no hiding it. <laughs> and it's, I'm me, so.
0: Are there any things then that give you dysphoria? Does, it, does anything kind of hit you every once in a while or, you know, give you pause from that standpoint?
1: Uh. I don't know if I really feel any strong dysphoria, but I mean, as we're talking here, I know what my voice sounds like. I know it's, you know, a little bit deeper than than most cis women's, but that's fine. The only thing that'll get to me is from time to time, like if I'm in a drive through or on the phone or something, I'll get I'll get served. Uh I get it. I mean, I mean, I, I know what I sound like, so I don't let I don't take it personally. But that'll kind of, every once in a while, one of those will sting just a little bit, but I get over it pretty quickly and then move on. It doesn't help me to to dwell on it. And I just don't really have the motivation or the, the drive to really to work on my voice like, you know, a lot of people do or like, I've, like I could. Because hmm. I'm happy with my voice. It's fine.
0: Okay. We're cranking through these. What were the biggest hurdles you ran into in your transition? Then,
1: uh, the biggest hurdles were probably one of one of the surgeries that I've gotten. It, it took me a little while to get it approved through insurance, but there hasn't really been any super big hurdles for that. It was just a lot of a lot of paperwork, a lot of insurance denials a lot of educating some providers here in North Alabama that, hey, this person, you know, this person wants this surgery. It's not, you know, it's an elective for them, but yeah. Hmm.
0: Of uh, hormones or surgeries or anything else that you've accomplished in your transition, what would you say was the single most affirming thing for you? What's the thing that made you feel the most like, Oh, okay. Now I feel like me. I feel like a woman and this is great.
1: Uh for me personally, it was really just my breast augmentation. I mean, I felt like I felt great the whole 3 or 4 years of HRT up until that point and I knew that I needed to wait several years on HRT to really see what that would give me as far as breast growth, but after, you know, a couple years of know, nothing really happening. I said, all right, I, I got to do something about this. And and that surgery has been, you know, the best thing for me. Hmm.
0: Yeah. It, it's wonderful how it, how different it is for everybody, which yeah, everybody of the, the things I set that up. Yeah.
1: yeah. HRT was great. I mean, that's, I think within a week, I mean, I could really start feeling like a difference. It was kind of like, you know, a weight was lifted off my shoulders and that's, that's hard to undress underestimate, not underestimate, that's not the word, but that's hard to, hard to put into words how much that means until you actually go through it. Mm -hmm. When you start having, you know, the actual body chemistry that your brain is telling you, you should have. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that the breast augmentation was the thing that, that did it for you. Did that affect how other people looked at you, you felt?
1: I don't think so because the breast augmentation was in the grand scheme of things was fairly recent for me. It only happened four months ago. So, I mean, i would already been out. I mean, it's, everybody had always had already seen me as, you know, the woman I am, but that was just kind of like my own personal affirming thing to do for me. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have any, everybody was always great to me. Everybody at work, all my friends and family. So that was hundred percent for me to do that surgery.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That kind of uh, treat yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it. What were some of the biggest learning curves that you've had in your transition? Things that were, were tough for you to learn or tough for you to get used to?
1: The thing probably toughest for me to get used to is, is realizing how much cis men typically don't value the opinion of women when you're in big groups Hmm. i it's it's hard to describe what i mean by that but anybody who's been through transition can kind of know what i'm talking about if you're in a group if you're in a group of men beforehand every your 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 ideas and everything there's a lot of weights put behind them but all of a sudden if you're a woman and you're given that exact same idea it's 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 dismissed a little more a little easier i think Hmm so sometimes you have to fight to make your voice heard just a little bit. And then you can kind of come across as, you know, a bitch. But you have to you have to do that just to kind of get your ideas out there.
0: I love. Yeah, I loved how uh, Becky Heineman put that. She said that she ran into that same thing, that she was acting in the same manner that some of her male colleagues were. But and they were deemed as being assertive and and you know, powerful men in their jobs. And she was doing that and, and they were looking at her as a bitch. Exactly. But her, her take on that was, well, bitches get shit done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that was it. That's, that's the biggest, you know, thing that I've had to come to grips with. Mm-hmm. And it took, you know, it took a little while for me to, to build that muscle because I wasn't used to that, but, but I've, I've got it now. I've, I've got that part of, part of my life now. Hmm.
0: Have you ever experienced a thing that a lot of girls will talk about where you'll say an idea in a meeting and it'll just kind of float out there and, and nobody will really say anything. And then somebody else a few minutes later will say the same idea and then everybody jumps on it. It's like, oh, that's a great idea. I have. Wow.
1: It, do- it doesn't happen at work as much as as much as much it probably would another job, but I have had it happen.
0: Hmm. Oh, the stuff to look forward to as we transition. Great, great. How do you feel overall that that transition has affected your m- mental health? Uh, for a lot of women, it's this wonderful weight lifted off and it's this big change. It sounds like you were already tough and, and you knew what you needed. Did it have much of a change there?
1: It did, I mean, even if I was tough or knew what I needed, I'd still, I still had that, you know, that turmoil going on inside of me. Whether or not I express, expressed it you know, physically or, or not, it was still there. So it's all that has basically dropped all the way it's been lifted. Hmm. Transition, you know, obviously doesn't fix everything. I mean, I still I still got a million other issues going on in life, just like any other person does. But, you know, transition just takes, you know, one one thing off the table. I, oh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Now mm-hmm. we've got to worry about these other million things that's going on in life.
0: But at least that's not one of them. no oh, that's great. So then following up on that, how has transitioning lived up to your expectations or in in what ways has it fallen short of that
1: it's it's lived up to my expectations because i i I fully expected to or i hoped to really feel at home in my own body finally so that has 100 percent lived up to its expectations for me nothing's really fallen short as far as i'm concerned okay but Everything else, I mean, it's it's spot on. Everything's up to my expectations.
0: Mm-hmm. Getting a comment in the chat that my hair—I've got the 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 surfer chick hair going tonight, which is an interesting comment. And then, of course, uh, uh, Madison uh, claims that uh, your hair is absolute fire though tonight. Which,
1: I got the I got the blonde going tonight.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that a dye?
1: <laughs> it is, or bleach. But oh, bleach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. My hair is pretty dark naturally. Mm. Like if you probably went on my Instagram page and go back several years, you can see that it's, it's quite dark. Mm.
0: Is it pretty similar probably to my, all... my natural color?
1: It's pretty close. It's, mm. it's maybe not as dark, but it's pretty close.
0: I, when I was younger, I kept trying to dye my hair. I wanted to, to, to bleach it and, and dye it red. And every time I would bleach it, it gets this, because it's so dark, it gets mm-hmm. this crazy bright orange color. Mm-hmm. that i just i kept stopping on i'm just like that's pretty awesome and i didn't want to go further with the bleach because i was worried about what it would do to the hair so i just left it mm-hmm. this this fiery orange people would be surprised about the fire aspect of that i'm sure
1: yeah i mean the bleach bleach will damage your hair i mean it's, it's a damaging process no matter what so you really just gotta find somebody who's gonna minimize that damage to the best of their ability mm-hmm.
0: So um, as we get to the end here, I've got my, my fun question and I already, I, well, obviously, because we've already interviewed, we, I know the answer to this one, but it's, it's how did you choose your name? And I'll let you talk about that.
1: Well, I didn't actually choose my name. My parents chose my name for me, luckily enough, when I was born. So I've always been Jamie. Uh, my middle name has always been Lee, but I did have to change the spelling of my middle name due to the odd wording of the Alabama statute because it states that to change your birth certificate, you also have to change your name. It's basically a name and gender change document. So I had to change something of my name just for my birth certificate to be changed, which was you know, kind of odd to me, but yeah. I just changed my name from Lee to Lee. It was L-E-E, mm-hmm. and now it's L-E-I-G-H. It's just, it's, it's the same name no matter what luckily, but I didn't have to memorize anything and I don't really get dead names. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that kind of yeah, el- eliminates that.
1: I mean, did- I might be getting dead name, but I don't know if I'm I don't know if I am or not.
0: Did you, did you have to go through, did you go through and change all of your documentation then? Or in some cases you're like, ah, eh, that one's not, I don't need to change it because it's so close.
1: Uh, I've had to change everything just because I don't, I don't want there to be any of the old Spelling out there. Mm-hmm. Not that I care if anybody sees the spelling. I just I don't want there to be issues if I'm applying for a loan or something like that. And you're like, well, it's, you're, you might not be the same person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have found that most, not most places, but some places that I contact about um, changing my name over, most of them basically tell me, you know, they didn't even know my middle name anyway. They just had my middle initial. So they're like, I don't, I don't think we ever knew your middle name. It's just as Jamie L. And I said, all right, we're good. I don't have to change anything.
0: Nice. Cutting that one out makes mm-hmm. it be easy. Again, half of your work was done when you're in your process. That's kind of wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. How did you choose the, or why did you choose the Instagram name of Justifiably Jamie?
1: Uh I just, I just liked. I don't know what the term is. I used to know the term, but there's the alliteration. Or, yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. I like the alliteration of it just because I I think I'd seen, you know, suddenly Samantha, there was a couple other ones that were, were similar. They would just use the, the first letter of their name and then come up with some other name. So that's, that's kind of how I did it. It stuck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's, it, um it's like, you know, we've got several in the community as well, embracing Tiffany. And now I'm kind of blanking on some of the others, yeah. but, it was kind of funny when I realized that, yeah, you didn't have to change your name. And yet you still have one of those of one of those names that suggest that you're accepting this this new identity and you're and you're justifying it. You're justifiably Jamie. And it's just like it's mm-hmm. interesting because you always were Jamie. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. It's fine, though. Justifiably Jamie Lee. Mm
0: hmm. Oh yeah. Just Jess. That's right. This is the month of justs, you know, usually it's, it's a month of firsts, but this is a month of justs. We had, we had just Jess and now we have justifiably Jamie. <laughs>
1: and then we got mainly Madison. There's a couple other ones that do it. So yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So as we wrap this part of the, the show up, what advice do you have for young and closeted transgender people out there?
1: I would say if you're going to transition, do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else don't do it for your friends your family anything like that if if you're going to do it it needs to be your decision and you need to to own that decision and just do everything for your own happiness
0: Mm -hmm. all right everybody i'm not gonna belabor this anymore jamie this has been wonderful thank you so much for sharing your story and for going off into these different tangents
1: all right well thank you for having me on
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash Transverse, and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash Transverse.